The entertainment industry has changed their game plan. Instead of stewing the crap out of college kids, they're now working with ISPs to find the pirates and send them to copyright re-education camps. But will it work? It should cause you concern that a group like the RIAA or Hollywood has this much pull, that they can create, basically, an extrajudicial system that you can't get out of. They can, you know, cut you off of the internet if they think that you're pirate. That should give you cause for concern. At the same time, you know, it's, it could be worse. Plus, take a trip to Music Hack Day in Philadelphia and listen to the sounds of a magnetic resonator piano. Radio Free Culture. I'm Andrea Salenzi from the Free Music Archive, and I'm sitting next to a lake right now in South Carolina, far, far away from Jersey City, and the air smells like jasmine and honeysuckle, and we're getting ready to head out on the boat. Happy Memorial Day. This is my family vacation, and uh, we've all rented a house on the lake, and there's a kitchen, and there's a printout of reminders that I actually have right here. It's reminding us to not use liquid or powder in the washing machine, to wash all the sand and red clay off our feet when we come inside, what to do about the outdoor grills, the extra coffee pot, where the hammocks are hanging, where the life jackets are. But there's nothing on this list about pirating, and maybe there should be. The entertainment industry has lobbied for an extrajudicial system that adds extra concerns for residential ISPs. For today's show, I sat down with Daily Dot journalist Kevin Collier for a look at the state of the copyright alert system. He'll tell us all about pirates seating Rihanna, hoping their ISPs will notice, and coming up with nothing. We'll learn all about the Orwellian Center for Copyright Information, which has recently lost its business status. All right, let's listen back to my conversation with Kevin Collier, recorded at Third Ward in Brooklyn. My name is Kevin Collier. I'm the Daily Dot's internet rights reporter. The copyright alert system is an agreement, a coalition between the biggest internet providers, meaning Verizon, AT&T, Cablevision, Time Warner, and the big content industries, meaning the big record companies and the big movie companies in Hollywood. And it's designed to keep you from pirating, kind of scare you out of... uh, making a habit of pirating files using BitTorrent or any other peer-to-peer software. How is this different than their approach to piracy previous to this? Well, previously, the RIAA, meaning the, uh, the coalition of the big record companies, their biggest uh, method of combating piracy was to be to just sue the daylights out of a couple people they met, wanted to hold up as, you know, as examples. Um, I mean, people were sued for, have had to pay up, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars. Um, they decided to stop that model, and they, um, we don't know exactly how it went down, but um, after several years of false starts and delays and corporate planning, there's this big coalition of all these major internet guys and all these content guys um, who have come up with this kind of clunky system to 
send you an alert whenever um, it thinks that you've been pirating um, a popular file, popular song, album, movie, TV show. What's in this for our internet service providers? What do they have to gain from working with the entertainment industry? Well, their official line is, oh, we have been curious what the our role in combating the evils of piracy is. Uh, my take is that it's more um, they want to skirt the line between not cutting off their customers entirely and still getting their money um, while also not being held uh, liable for facilitating piracy that they could be sued for. Couldn't they have just backed out? Of, of taking on that responsibility? Copyright law, online copyright law, is largely um, dictated by what's called the Digital Millennium Copyright Act, DMCA. Um, and in it, uh, internet providers uh, can be provided safe harbor. Basically, I think that they are, are they're, they're skirting the law exactly how they want to do it, where they, they can hold as many customers as they can without, um, without being in any way liable for the piracy that occurs on their accounts. So, so no, no one had the option to be more competitive by not signing up for this? Well, anybody who's not one of these five guys, um, well, I don't want to say anybody, but at least some, and I would imagine all, um, would love to tout themselves as, hey, yeah, we're not part of this, this weird system. You know, come, come over to us. But for a lot of Americans, I mean, it's more than half America uses one of these five big Internet providers. And, you know, for a lot of us, we can't. We don't have another option. We're stuck. We, we have to. We're in the system now. So why six strikes? Why there there are other systems that are three strike systems? Why do mm-hmm. we get six strikes? This is not this is really weird baseball. <laughs> it is very weird baseball. Um, it is based on the same theory as, like you said, the three strike system that a couple countries have, like France, which is a legal system um, where you know you're caught once, you're caught twice, you're caught third time, you're cut off, you are banned from the internet. Um, This is not a law. This is extrajudicial entirely. Um, This is an agreement, a big corporate agreement between the big content, intellectual property holders and the big internet providers. Uh, They want to keep the law out of this. You can read into that what you will. Um, But it is fairly – it's relatively gentle compared to those uh, other government systems because, you know, you get – the first two notices are just like a little, you know, email or, hey, you know, you're – we think you're pirating. Two more, you might have like a, a pop-up. You have to click, you know, oh, yeah, okay, I, I see that piracy is a thing. Um, and then the, the, the last two are, are a bit more draconian. You can, depending on your, on your provider, it could be, um, you know, they cut you off entirely for a couple of days. They slow you entirely for a couple of days. You have to complete a copyright education course. Which I like to think of as the copyright re-education camps. <laughs> um, how, what, what, do we know what's involved yet in those courses? Have they offered any information there? Very little. Um, the, they're not very forthcoming to journalists who want to say, hey, what's, what is this? They, they, <laughs> they downplayed it a lot. Um, I think it's pretty noteworthy that we knew the system was coming for you know, almost two years and yet when it was finally implemented, um, they only announced it the day of. And we didn't know what the Internet providers, what their final punishment was going to be. They didn't, they didn't release this information only like after it had already started. It, it was this really weird shickle thing. I, very few people or very few of them um, actually made uh, press releases about it. It's, they're trying to keep it kind of secret. The, the goal, I think, is just to have Joe Schmo who does pirate regularly, um, 
to see, oh my gosh, you know, they're, they're watching me. I'd better stop. What's in it for them to not be exact about how this is going to look and feel? And what have been some of the other mistakes and hangups in the launching of this six strike system? Okay, well, the big one is that this is a, you know, it's an anti-piracy program, and it has a bit of human oversight, they say. Um, But still, pretty much any anti-piracy program that's automated at all um, has has false uh, positives uh, that it hits. So, for instance, um, copyright alerts um, software is made by a company called Mark Monitor. Uh, Mark Monitor, like anybody, screws up. You know, <laughs> they will flag. Uh, for instance, they flagged a, uh, a website that they found that they said was pirating HBO's content, was offering HBO shows um, available for streaming. But the problem is that the show or the the website they found was HBO.com. Um, and the other thing is is Mark Monitor. Um, their system was was vetted. Um, they did like an independent review by a firm called Straws Friedberg. And the problem with that is, this is the only review of the copyright alert system, is the group that did the review spent years taking money as a lobbyist in D.C. for the RIAA, the Record Company Coalition. When that story broke, how did, how did the new copyright alert system folks respond? They said, oh, no, we didn't realize <laughs> so, you know, again, that says something about how how much oversight is going on, how how many like big clunkily moving parts were involved in putting this together. They have promised that they are going to offer a uh, a second independent review. Um, that's not happened yet. In a situation like that, don't you feel like there's just a lot of paranoia that's going to come inevitably with any kind of uh, any kind of policing of this incredible human resource we have of the internet, you know, doesn't this set us up to have incredible trust issues with how the system's going to work? And and how much of, of these um, fears are legitimate and how much are just looking for something to be upset about? Well, I do think we should be paranoid of, of anything. Um, it, it shows how little say we have in our internet connections when we can only get online with, you know, one or two of the big guys and they get to implement one of these systems. That said, I would much rather be told a bunch of times, hey, um, we think you're pirating, hey, we think you're pirating, than, you know, be just shut off entirely. You know, it could be a lot worse. Also, this thing's really easy to fool. How so? Uh, Well, if you are pirating, the only way the copyright alert system, as it stands right now, will notice you is if you are using a BitTorrent or a similar similar program, you are uploading without hiding your IP address, your internet protocol protocol address, and you are pi- you are uploading, and it's a very popular work that they're trying to crack down on in particular. So if it's something obscure, not going to happen, or very unlikely to happen. If it if you're just downloading, not going to happen. If you can mask your IP address, not going to happen. That's not to say that it won't falsely flag you. You know, I think that's a big fear. I don't know. If, you know, we still don't know how effective it's been. We don't know if people are getting falsely flagged, but it's pretty easy to at least avoid getting earnestly flagged. Let's think about an example. So let's say Disney has a new movie coming out and mm-hmm. they say, we really don't want, we want, we're concerned about the sales of this new movie. Copyright alert system. Could you guys watch out for this one? What would their, does that happen? Is yes. my first question. And like, how does that, how would they go about 
tracking how this has been pirated. That's absolutely how it happens. Um, what they would do is they would go somewhere like the Pirate Bay where you, it's really easy to get a torrent file and download the couple popular ones and then watch it all the way through make sure that it is what it claims to be you know really really all the way through they have to watch every second of that horrible new disney release <laughs> so well i'm i'm parroting what they what the copyright alerts official word is on the subject yes all the way through what if there's one change in the middle like uh one one scene's been swapped out one frame has been altered in theory that would keep it from being something that they would be able to flag for. Because wouldn't that make it my derivative work of my unique remix of the Disney film if I chopped up a couple scenes or offered fragmented versions? Well, in, in theory, yeah. And if any, um, anybody out there wants to try that, I would be all ears. I'm very curious if it would work. So are you saying that we should go out there and try to, to poke at the system <laughs> and figure <laughs> it out? I don't know if I should actively encourage people to do that. But uh, yeah, I mean... Again, the, the penalties for this, at least the first couple ones, are not severe. You just get a, an email or a voicemail or something, um, usually to your official Verizon account, which, you know, God knows if you have ever checked that in your life. But, but yeah, the first couple penalties are pretty, pretty minor, so, yeah, maybe you should try it. The way that the copyright letter system works is um, they're looking for a, a Disney movie. They'll, they'll download it, watch the entire thing all the way through. Um, and then once they do, they will start looking for other people on BitTorrent who are uploading the same file. They'll delete it and, and, and download it again. Um, and when you do that, the IP address of the person you are um, downloading it from is visible. It's, you can just look at it and see. And so they'll take that and say, oh, well, that's a, uh, a Time Warner IP address, and then tell Time Warner to issue a copyright alert. So How do we know what that process is? Well, I mean, this is this is according to um, Jill Lesser, the one, the, the woman who who is kind of head of the of the system. Um, I've been to a couple talks. She and she'll talk to me occasionally, a little bit <laughs> about it. Um, you know, this is they release the bare bones of it. For the most part, this is still kind of their operations are kind of secretive. Okay, so Disney Disney says we're really worried about our new movie. They watch the movie in its entirety, and then they look and see who's who gave this who's releasing who's offering this movie for download online they go to your they find an ip address and then comes notice number one yes but anyone who knows what they're doing would probably be hiding that ip address pretty clearly right yes sorry um <laughs> that's a prompt <laughs> i know well yeah yeah but no i mean it's as simple as that so mm -hmm. how it's is it incredibly complicated to do this ip masking no, um, you use what's called a proxy, and you you, know, you can just Google it. It's it's really easy to set up. <laughs> so any big deal pirater is probably not going to get flagged. Not a single big deal pirater is going to get flagged. No. Is that something people say, big deal pirater? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I like it. I, I think we should establish that. Wait, as so what, what are the big dogs in the pirate world called? They're called a uh, captains. I don't <laughs> I don't. I don't know if they have names. I mean, there's a couple like pirate groups, you know, and they're they're kind of shadowy figures um, who want to be the first and best to provide, you know, like the latest big movie in high quality or a biggest show in high quality. Um, but I don't know if they have a real term. The for... the tor the torrent the cedars the yeah cedars cedars <laughs> that's well, like... cedars might be like the more you know anybody who is providing something for upload. So the system exists. And who, well, who do we think it's going to affect 
the most? Like, what are the, some of the biggest concerns about it now that it's now that it's supposedly active? Well, I think the worst case scenario is that people get falsely flagged and then they get their internet access shut off and for no reason they're paying for it or even severely slowed down. How would you get falsely flagged? Well, like I said, we don't know the numbers at all for who's getting flagged. They say they're going to tell us that, but it could be, you know, it could be a couple of years before they release these numbers. Um, the only thing we know about, you know, it, the only, only way we have sort of to tell is Mark Monitor, the, the software that, or the, 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 the firm that created the software for the copyright alert system. Mark Monitor has a history of, you know, messing up, as does most anti-piracy software. So it, it's speculation, but I think there's some reason to be concerned. When the system launched, there was a lot of concern that coffee shops would get targeted and uh, university dorms would have issues because of this kind of shared IP that would happen in those spaces. How has that been addressed? Well, according to the people in charge of the, of the system, um, this only affects residential accounts, and any of those places should have business accounts. You know, we're kind of running on their word there. but So in theory, they wouldn't be affected. It's just home addresses that would be affected. In a recent article, you pointed out that this system might not even be working for Verizon subscribers right now. Right. Um, so we had um, someone try to try to trip the system, basically, by picking some really popular content, you know, Game of Thrones and the Avengers and Rihanna albums, um, and then start pirating them from BitTorrent, from their home account, um, and just leaving it on for, for weeks. And for whatever reason, we don't know why it never never flagged it. I mean, there are people who get flagged. We have had scattered reports of people getting flagged. There are no official numbers. We will get them eventually, they say. Um, but at least in this very deliberate, weeks-long study, it never worked. When this informal group started trying to trigger the system, one of the artists that they used, you mentioned that they were using Rihanna. Who doesn't love Rihanna? I want you to love me. her music particularly notable in this in this narrative? Rihanna was chosen in this scenario because for some reason, um, man, like, they, people really crack down on people pirating Rihanna songs. So in, in France, for instance, they have this three strikes law that's really heavily criticized, pretty severe. Um, and the first guy who they ever got with it, they didn't cut him off the internet, but they, they fined him, you know, a couple hundred euro. Um, he said, hey, I didn't actually pirate these Rihanna songs. My ex-wife did, and they, they got them. They, they said, no, well, no, it, then you admit it was on your account, but it was Rihanna songs. And then in one of the early cases in New Zealand, same thing. It was a soldier. Uh, he'd actually been fighting in Afghanistan at the time, so he was not home whenever this, you know, alleged piracy occurred. Um, but they got him again um, and fined him for pirating Rihanna songs. Why Rihanna? What? I, I don't know. I mean, she's decent, I guess, but th she is a, an intellectual property that uh, the record companies really want to uh, to protect, I, I suppose. When I think about that that soldier scenario, I mean, isn't it possible that someone was just lurking outside and and stealing his Wi-Fi? I always picture every time I create a password for my Wi-Fi account, I'm like, who am I really protecting it from? And I always picture someone like driving by, stopping in the street right in front of my apartment, trying to guess the, the password. And like, 
Is, is that a re- real thing that happens that we should be concerned about? Um, I am unaware of a single instance in one which some creepy dude drives around with his laptop, parks outside of people's houses, fires it up, figures out their Wi-Fi password, and starts gleefully pirating Rihanna songs. Okay. <laughs> but, so then how... <laughs> I mean, but our Wi-Fi networks are hacked, right? Somehow. Sure, sure. They, they are. My paranoid fantasy aside. Is, is either, I think the most likely scenario is either um, somebody you know, keeps it open or a neighbor figures out the password. Um, and sure, that can happen. And I think in any of these scenarios, what the, the powers be um, want, to, want to stress is that, you know, hey, no matter what happens, you're going to be responsible. Um, we, we, we want you to take... Uh, um, responsible, you know, independent. Well, you're, we're going to hold you responsible um, because, I mean, how else are they going to issue punishments? Who else are they going to hold responsible? They're not going to, you know, they're not going to be able to track down that some dude had been parked up in front of your house six months ago. Even though that doesn't happen. <laughs> that doesn't happen. Yeah. Um, something else I'm obsessed with in the story is is the idea of of pirates downloading. Rihanna. And every time I hear the word pirate, I think of of like a like kind of like a dark, scary figure. Like the word pirate has like the historical nautical connotation, but it also has this like um I don't think of pirates as people I know. Does that make sense? Like I think of them as like internet trolls or, or similar to pirates and they're all kind of in this category of um the darkest corners of the internet together. But who who are pirates really? I think pirates um, are much more common than than people might realize, you know? Your friend, your neighbor, your teacher might be a pirate. Um, which has like a great Orwellian feel to it, and the videos just further enforce that. What is this group, and what's their role here? All the CCI is is it's a couple employees, and they represent, you know, the big players. We've already said the five internet providers, the music industry, and Hollywood. That's all it is. Um, and you know, the the whole idea behind it is we're going to educate you about copyright, and you can view their their videos on on YouTube or from their site. Um, where they uh, they play this you know kind of like really weird smooth jazz, and they they tell you you know no you're, we're educating you you know copyright infringement is wrong it's stealing, it's very it's off putting. <laughs> it feels like a joke, like it feels yeah. like a joke website that someone created every time I'm on it, and there's something that's very eerie about it, right? Mm-hmm. That this is coming from our government and it's trying to teach us how to behave on the internet. Yeah. Here, let's, I'm going to play one of the videos now for our listeners just so you guys can get a feel for this. Today, we can enjoy our favorite music, movies, and TV shows anywhere, anytime. When people share digital files, they can violate copyright laws, often without being aware that they're doing so. The copyright alert system is designed to help consumers understand when files may have been shared illegally on peer-to-peer networks using their internet accounts. Here's how the CAS works. Content owners, the people who own music and movies, join peer-to-peer networks and can detect when copyrighted content is being shared illegally. 
They can identify the Internet protocol or IP address of the computer making the file available and the Internet Service Provider or ISP that is associated with that address. The content owners notify the ISP, which then passes the information in an alert to its customer. Initial alerts are merely educational, letting the customer know that unauthorized content sharing was detected on their Internet account. If infringement continues, there are two additional alert levels. Acknowledgement. A subscriber must acknowledge receipt of the alert or watch an educational video. And mitigation, where, for example, Internet speeds may be temporarily reduced or the subscriber may be asked to watch an additional video. There are three key things to know about the copyright playlist on WFMU.org. Do you know how to mask your IP address? What content do you consume illegally and why? Have you ever received a notice from your ISP for being naughty? Do you want to take part in an informal study to trigger the system? Post your comments on WFMU.org or just send me an email, andrea at freemusicarchive.org. I'll be sure to write back after I get back from water skiing and have a few beers and finish seating this most recent episode of Game of Thrones for all my internet friends. Just kidding. I don't actually watch Game of Thrones. I mean, it has realms. Who watches shows with realms in them? Okay, I guess a lot of people watch that show. Anyways, back to this show. I'm actually about to ask Daily Jot journalist Kevin Collier a really roundabout question about approaches to education and policing copyright. The Free Music Archive recently had a contest, and it was the Happy Birthday Song Contest. And what we did is we went out and we said, you know, singing Happy Birthday in a public place is illegal, and we're going to write a new song to make it legal again. And the reality of Happy Birthday isn't that it's illegal and there's copyright police roaming the street, and any birthday party they're going to bust in and say, stop singing right now, you owe Time Warner some money. That's not going to happen. We're forced to police ourselves, and that's always been the case. And But with these huge, terrifying consequences... You know, you're policing yourself, but at any moment, you could be that kid in the basement who's in debt for the rest of his life. There are all these horrifying cases of people lawyering up and ruining lives. And they, you kept on using these people as examples, examples, examples. Did that, was that a flaw? Is, is this new system representing a failure to educate people in copyright? And will this new system be more effective? What can we do to make it right? I do think the system will be effective in keeping your average Joe Schmo who pirates on BitTorrent um, from making as much of a habit of it. You know, he might get a, uh, a couple notices. He says, you know, oh, I'm being, they're watching and, you know, I don't want to get in trouble. And so, you know, he stops. I, I think there, there will be a bit of that. I think there will also be a bit of people who still want their free and it's gonna, they're going to find that it's actually pretty easy to circumvent the system. Then they are more educated, uh, more, you know, sneakier pirates. Um, I will say that while there are studies that kind of contradict each other, um, one thing that study after study seems to show is that the best way for a content company, you know, like a record company or a, or a TV studio, to make money off uh, digital copies of their content is to make it easy to access and a reasonable price. Wherever you go, piracy goes down or sales go up or both. Um, whenever you know, an easier model to, to obtain this material is uh, is introduced. It's not really rocket science. 
this system is, you know, it's it's designed to, to just keep people from from pirating as much. But it's it's its biggest critics say that that shouldn't be the focus. The focus should instead be making a, a business model that everybody can agree on. So our biggest concern, of course, is is seeing that this plays out well in in the music world. How's the record industry been involved in the creation of this group, and and what's what goofs have they made? <laughs> I'm just going to be. I, I'm not. I don't have to hide how I feel. Yeah, um, they have goofed. There, there's a leaked PowerPoint presentation um, from maybe nine months ago, where the RIAA was was you know someone was explaining to to their fellow employees uh, what this new copyright alert system is is gonna is gonna do, and they thought, or it's it. It's indicated in there that they were really pleased with the uh, like the French model and the New Zealand model uh, of three strikes, where you're going to cut off serial pirates. They you know they just want to nope, you don't get to be on the internet anymore, um, and they were excited about that. They also and you know keep in mind this is the same group that has you know yeah, sued students for for literally hundreds of thousands of dollars. Um, they also admitted in in this presentation that you know SOPA, the Stop Online Piracy Act, that law that was going to or the bill that was going to kill the internet. Um, they openly admitted that it probably wasn't going to do a lot to reduce piracy, but you know, and they they were in case I need to make this clear, uh, they were one of the heaviest lobbying groups for SOPA, and they 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 admitted it wasn't going to be that effective. I mean, it's it's really hard to not think of these guys as, if not bad guys, at least just utterly concerned with their a rough sense of their profits and absolutely nothing else. They've been very involved in the creation of the copyright alert system with profits as a motive rather than some kind of, I mean, it's all disguised as copyright education, but like, should they be involved to the degree that they are? Well, I mean, they're they're an industry lobbying group. This is what they do. They have this very deeply embedded philosophy that there are these, th- these are opposite forces, their profits and piracy. And they, you know, in action after action, they very clearly are just trying to stop piracy at all costs, even if that, the path they're taking is one that they admit is kind of wrongheaded. So how, how scared should we all be? Will, will, this, will, <laughs> will the new copyright alert system block us from the most important human resource of all time? <laughs> will this, is this going to ruin the Internet? This will not ruin the Internet. Um, it, it should cause you concern that a group like the RIAA or Hollywood has this much pull, that they can create basically an extrajudicial system that you can't get out of, that can you know cut you off of the internet if they think that you're pirating. That should give you cause for concern. At the same time, you know it's it, it could be worse. So as part of creating this new system, they created a center for copyright information. Mm-hmm. Um, which sounds like a great Orwellian feel to it, and the videos just further enforce that. What is this group, and what's their role here? All the CCI is is it's a couple employees, and they represent, you know, the big players. We've already said the five internet providers, the music industry, and Hollywood. That's all it is. Um, and you know, the the whole idea behind it is we're going to educate you about copyright, and you can view their their videos on on YouTube or from their site. Um, where they uh, they play this you know kind of like really weird smooth jazz, and they they tell you you know no you're, we're educating you you know copyright infringement is wrong it's stealing. It's very 
it's off-putting. <laughs> it feels like a joke. Like it feels yeah. like a joke website that someone created every time I'm on it. And there's something that's very eerie about it, right? Mm -hmm. That this is coming from our government and it's trying to teach us how to behave on the internet. Yeah. Here, let's, I'm going to play one of the videos now for our listeners just so you guys can get a feel for this. Today, we can enjoy our favorite music, movies, and TV shows anywhere, anytime. When people share digital files, they can violate copyright laws, often without being aware that they're doing so. The copyright alert system is designed to help consumers understand when files may have been shared illegally on peer-to-peer -peer networks using their internet accounts. Here's how the CAS works. Content owners, the people who own music and movies, join peer-to-peer -peer networks and can detect when copyrighted content is being shared illegally. They can identify the internet protocol or IP address of the computer making the file available and the internet service provider or ISP that is associated with that address. The content owners notify the ISP, which then passes the information in an alert to its customer. Initial alerts are merely educational, letting the customer know that unauthorized content sharing was detected on their internet account. If infringement continues, there are two additional alert levels. Acknowledgement. A subscriber must acknowledge receipt of the alert or watch an educational video. And mitigation, where, for example, internet speeds may be temporarily reduced or the subscriber may be asked to watch an additional video. There are three key things to know about the copyright alert system. One, no personal information will ever be shared with content owners when alerts are sent to users. Two, we've built an independent review system that allows subscribers to challenge alerts they believe were sent in error after they've received several alerts. Three, if the infringing activity stops, the alerts will stop. It's pretty simple. I think it tells you a lot about where they're coming from, they, they, what they think of the average pirate. I think it shows that they think the average pirate is kind of a, I don't know, has a very childlike mentality and is just going to do what they're told because, yeah. I'm really inspired right now, and I want to go download Game of Thrones Do you, and, and try to pirate it from my apartment. And, of yeah. course, I have to ask my roommates for permission. But what do you, what do you think of this plan? Would you – is it – is it reasonable that I could trigger the system and, and use the information? I mean, like I said, the, the study um, that we had, um, it didn't work, and I don't know why. Um, I think it could vary from Internet provider to Internet provider. Um, but that would be, you know, in theory, how you do it. Well, what else do you have planned for your reporting for the Daily Dot on this on this system? The two big things are the, uh, the TPP, the Trans-Pacific Partnership, which is this multinational um, trade agreement between the U.S., a lot of Asia, and South America, Australia, and New Zealand. Um, and they're, they're going to standardize trade relations on a lot of things, but one of them is intellectual property. And that is going to mean that those, the, the copyright provisions they agree on, which will you know, have an online component, um, are going to be standardized or else you're violating a treaty. Um, so it's kind of a backdoor way to regulate online copyright law. Um, so we're, we're a little concerned about that. Good. Well, we'll stay tuned. Thanks so much. Thank you. This is Radio Free Culture. I'm Andreas Lenzi from the Free Music Archive, and that was my conversation with Kevin Collier from The Daily Dot about the state of the copyright alert system. I hope you enjoyed learning all about the pirates seating Rihanna, hoping their ISPs will notice 
and the Orwellian Center for Copyright Information, which has recently lost its business status. Google it. It's really interesting. And if you listen for this song, you know you're into it. I'm listening while hanging out next to a lake in South Carolina. And you're hearing boats whizzing by, birds tweeting. Now we're heading into the final act. It's my trip to Music Hack Day in Philadelphia, where I got up close with a magnetic resonator piano and the college freshman who's building hacks for it as we speak. It's a real piano that's hooked up to a computer and has all these like blinking lights on it. It's incredibly cool, and you'll hear this really cool pitch shifting it can do without even lifting a finger. Let's listen. Hi, my name is uh, uh, Joab Alexander. I, um, I'm a, a volunteer at the MET Lab, the Music Entertainment Technology Lab here at Drexel. Um, and this is the MRP, uh, Magnetic Resonator Piano. What is a magnetic resonator piano? What does it do? A magnetic resonator piano is uh, probably the first of its kind. It's an acoustic piano, as you see. But uh, inside, there are hundreds of electromagnets. Um, and these magnets uh, basically cause the strings, which are metal, to resonate. Um, and it creates an uh, entirely new synthesizer sound. Um, and also it works in conjunction, sorry. It works in conjunction with the, uh, the, natural, um, the natural mechanism of a piano um, in which the hammer hits the strings. So it creates this whole new, uh, whole new uh, sensation, I would say. Cool, let's, let's hear some of it. Now, now, people can't see it, but it, it's a, kind of like an open-ear piano with all these little... What are these, what are these little metal things that are on top of the strings called? Well, they're called uh, mag well, they're just electromagnets, that's what they're called. So you can see the electromagnets just raw inside of the piano, and then in front of the keyboard is like a circuit board with different brightly uh, yes, colored it's lights? A, uh, it's a user interface that uh, reacts to the touch sensitivity of your hands, actually. Um, so and as you play, that gets logged on this computer right next to the yes, piano. All this, all this input data is going into uh, the computer, and you could actually use the computer to change the, uh, the sound that you get out of this, these uh, magnets. Great. Well, let's hear a little of it. Sure. I'll start by using a little bit of the, uh, the MRP, um, the trademark MRP sound, which is a little bit of a synthesizer sound. easily from that sound to a regular piano sound. changes the process for composers, I'm sure. Oh, yes, definitely. Um, usually, uh, especially in a lot of, uh, a lot of modern music, they, you know, composers would love to do this on a regular piano because a, piano, a regular piano is a great sound, but they don't want the electric keyboard sound. Um, so, uh, for example, it's... 
lot of bluesy stuff and love pitch bending, and now you can actually do that with this MRP. They've hacked the piano, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's here at, at Music Hack Day. Thanks so much for talking with me. No problem.
All right, that's it for today's Radio Free Culture. I'm Andrea Salenzi. Special thanks to Dave Emmert watching the board. You're listening to WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, and now at 91.9 in Rockland County and online at WFMU.org. Stay tuned for Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show.
Listening to WFMU, and it's time right now for the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show. You just heard right there. Set your phasers on stun by Hyperbubble, featuring Helen Love. Today on the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show, an interview with Macklemore and Ryan Lewis. To prepare you for Macklemore and Ryan Lewis, thought I would play a bunch of Toronto Blue Jays songs. Yes, gonna begin by playing Shaker's Rap by Lloyd Mosby. I've played this a couple times before, but <laughs> gonna play it again because it fits quite nicely in with the next song that will be OK Blue Jays by The Bat Boys. Then We Got the Blue Jays by Home Run. Then The Ballad of Tom Hankey by the Section 15 Orchestra. And then The Whole Town's Talking About the Blue Jays by the Toronto Sun. And in an interview with... Macklemore and Ryan Lewis. But before we get right, right into the Blue Jays, gonna play something new by Guards. Here's the Guards with Silver Lining on the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show on WFMU. Say it's a good one. 
prepared. We might win it all this year. Now the start is slow. Everybody knows we're not always on the move. When the chips are down, we'll come around and catch an awesome groove. Baltimore, now Detroit and James. 